The Florida Gators 2024 schedule has been revealed, <laughs> and it's a toughie. We're going to talk about it here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my work with whole nine sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers. Get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. $150 if your team wins. Simple as that. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Also, um, the subtext group has spoken. Today, during the day, we'll say I'm going to shoot for noon Eastern time. Uh, we're going to go live, talk transfer portal, talk high school recruiting, and wrapping up this 2024 class a week away from signing day or less than a week away from signing day. Uh, so that's going to be the plan there. If you're not part of the subtext group and you do want to join, it's joinsubtext.com slash Lockdown Gators. Uh, two weeks free, five bucks a month after that. If you're not a part of Florida Victorious and you want to save 20% of your first month, use promo code LOCKED when you sign up. But we're, we're talking about the Florida Gators schedule today because we knew the opponents. The opponents aren't surprising. But last night... We got the actual dates for these games, and like we knew when some games were, like we knew Miami, we knew Florida State, we knew quite a few of those. Um, but now we have the actual dates for some of these. Also, remember two bye weeks. Uh, that's conference realignment for you. We've got two bye weeks for all the teams right now. Um, things can change depending on you know if it's eight games, nine games, whatever it is, or eight or nine conference games, whatever it winds up being long-term. But the Florida Gators start August 31st against the Miami Hurricanes in Gainesville, which I can tell you now, I have every intention of going to that game. I have every intention of doing live shows there. Hell, we might get Alex Dono from Locked on Canes and do a live crossover, because I know he's planning on going to that game as well. Um, so, so there's that. That game... It's also important to acknowledge this part of it. We don't truly know what most of these teams are going to look like by the time the season rolls around. Because you've still got this transfer portal window until January 2nd. I want to say it was yeah, December 4th to January 2nd. You've still got high school recruiting, got to wrap up National Signing Day. You've still got or early signing day. You've still got national signing day later, and you've still got a second transfer portal window. So we don't know truly what these teams will look like. Miami's in it for Cam Ward right now, the Washington State transfer. If he's your QB, you're looking pretty good. If it's literally anybody else, I'm less optimistic of how Miami's going to look. I do think that that's a game Florida can and probably. I I don't want to say should. But I want to say that that's a game that Florida can win and will probably be favored in. It'll probably wind up being like two and a half point spread. 
Uh, neither teams were super impressive right now. You consider opening in Gainesville that that crowd's going to be just rocking the entire time. But I, I think that's a game that you can win. Um, we'll, we're not going to really do the game by game stuff too much, but we will talk about every game. And, and yes, you start off Miami, August 31st. Then you host Samford, September 7th. Then you host Texas A&M, September 14th. Not an easy schedule necessarily, but it, it's they're all very winnable games. We don't know what Texas A&M is going to look like. We, we have no idea what they're truly going to be able to put together. Coaching staff changed. The transfer portal may be losing kids to high school or uh, from their high school recruiting class. We don't know what they're truly going to look like during or during week three, especially. We'll get a little bit of a feel, but even then, week three is, is going to be a team that's undergoing a lot of turnover. Watching them really become what they're trying to become, not going to know what they're looking like. And then you have at Mississippi State, your first away game of the season, taking on Mississippi State, September 21st. Then you have your first bye week. Then you host Central Florida, you travel to Tennessee, and you host Kentucky. Then you have another bye week, and then you have the Georgia game at Texas, host LSU, host Ole Miss, and at Florida State. Those five games are all in the month of November, and that's just going to be a pain in the you-know-what. November's going to suck again next year. I don't even care if Florida's got a great record and they look good. That's a gauntlet, those last five games. This whole schedule, I've been saying it for, for a while now, this whole schedule is one of the toughest schedules, maybe the toughest schedule that I've ever seen in college. There's one non-Power 5 team. There, it's not like, oh, there's one FBS, two G5, one, FB, one FCS, uh, one group of five. No, 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 no. One non-Power 5 team. And it's Samford, who, by the way, <laughs> scored a lot of points last time they came to Gainesville. Um, that was a... Emory Jones needed to have a record-setting day in order for Florida to win that game. That's how bad things went there. But looking at just this schedule, I will say I do like the four games by, three games by, and then you wrap up with those five games. Um, I do hate that, if I'm not mistaken... Florida has Georgia coming off a bye, and then Florida has Texas when Texas is coming off a bye. So that's not super fun there. It, it's, I mean, it's it's a hell of a schedule. Like, you're, you're playing whatever that song was at the end of Guitar Hero, like three, and it was just like no one can no one could get it. Uh, was it by Five Finger Death Punch, I think? It was something wild. Um, but it was, it was a hell of a song, and this is, a, a hell of a schedule. Again, I think that you get, I think that the start of the season for Florida can be pretty solid. Similar to this year, you look at the 2023 schedule and how Florida started off, and it was fool's gold, by the way. Uh, we, we talked about this, I think, during the bye week this year. We were like, okay, like, look, you got a great schedule, but it's the end of that schedule that really sucks where you started with, you had a tough game, Utah, then you had your cupcake. Then you had tough game at home. Then you had a team you should have demolished at home. Then on the road, at home, on the road. And, and you started off hot. 
And it was fool's gold if you thought that Florida wasn't going to have a good record to start the year. Then we look at how things went after that bye when you ran into Georgia and it was all downhill. Florida, we don't know where Miami is going to be. I'm not expecting them to be good. I don't think Miami is going to be good next year. They're going to be better than they were this year, especially if they figure out quarterback. You had a hell of a recruiting class for 2023. Francis Maui Goa got a ton of experience. So I think Miami is going to be better than they were this year. I also think, and I'm not going to say that Florida is going to be better, but I will say the same argument of you got Francis Maui Goa who had a ton of snap played. He's going to be better next year. Jordan Castell, ton of snaps played. Arliss Boardingham, Hayden Hansen. Uh, you can look at Jake Slaughter having a full offseason as the guy at center. That's going to be huge. I, I don't think you can overstate how important Jake Slaughter is going to be during this offseason, spring, and then that right before the season, that little fall ball session. I don't think you can overstate how important he's going to be or how important that time is going to be for his development because he's going to have so much time to work with Graham specifically as the guy. They'll be able to find a rhythm there. So I, I think that we can talk about experience. These are going to be two still young teams between Miami and Florida. Could be an ugly game, but we're talking about a Miami team that's still going to be young. Young teams generally don't perform well on the road against a rival in a very, very hostile environment in week one. So I, I think that Florida is going to go into that game favored. I think I'd pick them to win. I'm not going to say it's a game that they like. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, they should dominate. They should destroy them. And I was in a Twitter space yesterday and someone was like, we should, we should beat up Miami. Florida didn't beat up Charlotte this year. So yes, I'm, I'm not expecting that at all right now. Um, as I'm, as I'm doing this, as as I'm recording this, Xavier Filsame just tweeted out a picture of him doing the Gator Chomp with Will Harris. I'm still expecting Xavier Filsame to leave, but hey, some things can some things might be going well for Florida. Maybe we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, still not expecting him to come back at all. That's not my expectation. That's not what I'm expecting to happen. But again, we'll talk about that during the live show uh, today at noon Eastern. Before we talk about the rest of the schedule, it's time to talk about prize picks. Let me tell you guys, prize picks has been the best way for me to make money playing daily fantasy sports this year. If you've got skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with, guess what? A few easy taps and research. It's simple and easy to play with quick withdrawals too. And to me, that's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. I can't stand when I want to withdraw money and they're just like, you got to wait three days. Like I won't, I won't use an app if I have to wait that long. I won't. <laughs> it's my money and I want it now. That's what, that's what we're talking about. Go to prizepix.com slash lockdown college. Use code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. I can spell baby. Uh, <laughs> is that, for a 100 for a deposit match up to $100. Price fix is daily fantasy sports made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And like we were talking about the schedule here. The Samford game, we can overlook it. I'm not going to pretend that I've done any research on Samford or what they're going to look like next year. I'm not going to pretend I'm concerned about that. Not. Texas A&M in Gainesville helps you out a bit. Again, this is a time where you're going to have Miami at your house, Samford at your house, and then Texas A&M at your house. Positive momentum can go a long way. Your first month of the season is not a difficult month. It's just where this team is right now. It doesn't feel like gimmies. And I think that's that's the important part. We don't know who Florida is going to have starting at Jack. We don't know who Florida is going to have as in their running back rotation. We don't know what that's going to look like. There's a lot of question marks here. So it's hard to truly predict what you're going to do. But I can say, I think that, Florida Miami will go into the season relatively similarly ranked or, or similarly thought of as where they are and where they stand. However, one, one if they get Cam Ward, Miami is going to be thought of as higher than Florida. Two, even if they are similarly ranked, I would think that Miami going on the road in Gainesville, yeah, their fans are probably going to show up. It's not that far of a trip. It's still going to be a very hostile environment, especially if you can get that game to be a night game. Man, uh, but looking at the Texas A&M game, they're coming to Gainesville next time. You beat them at Kyle Field last time, which I did not think that Billy Napier's team was going to do because, one, they hadn't performed well on the road, and two, Kyle Field's one hell of a place to go. It, it's lost its luster a little bit, but looking at, at that game, we I think Texas A&M's one of those teams where, one, we don't know what they're truly going to do, as in roster-wise, what they're truly going to look like. And two, I'm not saying I don't like Mike Elko. I am saying I'm not sold on him being the guy in the SEC, but also you can make the same argument for Billy Napier, so we can kind of cross those out. But again, I will. It's, it's hard for me to look at a team and go, they're going to come into the swamp and win. It's just, that's just a hard selling point for me. I just I don't know how you really look at this team and can confidently say something like that. Like say like, Oh yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to come into Gainesville and win. That's, that's a hard selling point. It's just, it's just a difficult thing to do. And then Mississippi state, I'm not very high on them. They've lost a lot of players to the transfer portal as well, but, and I know so has Florida, but guess what? Mississippi state lost, not just their starting quarterback, but they lost their starting running back. They've lost a lot of talent to the transfer portal. They brought in Jeff Levy, who, by the way, I think is very overrated. I, I, I think Jeff Levy is very overrated. I think his team's going to be fun. going to be good? I don't know. But I think they're going to be fun. And also, you look at that kind of air, air raid style, that, that spread air raid hybrid that they want to go. 
Austin Armstrong did not have a lot of great games this year. But the one game where he was pretty damn good, or the game where he was his best, Tennessee. So I, I do think that Jeff Levy's going to have to show something new and something diverse, and I'm not sold on him actually getting that done. In year one, in week four, I'm not super sold on him. And then you go into the bye week, you come out of the bye with UCF. I am someone who's been generally higher on UCF than most. Most of that's been because of John Reese Plumley, and you won't have him next year. You will have a Demarcus Bowman uh, homecoming and Trent Widmore homecoming against Florida in that one too. Uh, maybe you'll have Kamari Wilson. Maybe you'll have uh, Jadarius Perkins, I believe, is another one. Maybe you'll have both of those guys with their homecomings into Gainesville uh, because they both visited there. You'll have John Walker playing in the Swamp. You'll have a lot going on. But I think that right now you see like a lot of their offense got to stem because they had someone like John Reese Plumley. If they bring in like a Daquan Finn or another like dual threat experienced quarterback, maybe I'll give it to you. But right now, they're a team where I think that they're losing a lot more talent than they're set to bring in. And we'll see really what Gus Malzahn's going to put together with that team in year two or in year two in the Big 12 here. And again, I'm not very high on UCF at this point in time. Tennessee, if Nico's the guy, then we'll see how he's doing. You get Tennessee later in the year, which is not a great benefit for you if you're Florida, because you got Tennessee. First off, Joe Milton didn't look good. In most games this year, I think we can. I think we can generally agree on that. But Florida got them early in the year this time. It was week, week three, week four, or around there. Florida got them early in the year and put them in a body bag. It's as simple as that. They they just dominated there. But then you look at what Tennessee did throughout the rest of the year. They had some more explosive games. It wasn't just oh. We beat up on Austin P or whoever the hell they played before they played Florida this past year. But again, it's still going to be Nico. I think that game being on the road really helps Tennessee because I, I, I do think the Swamp played a big difference in this game. But again, it's not even just the QB that was the big issue. Austin Armstrong just, just put that whole offense schematically in a like he he destroyed that offense, and I would expect him to do the same. And I would expect obviously Josh Heupel to make some adjustments. But that's another time where we look at it and we go, hmm? I I don't want to say Florida's going to win because I I don't think that they will. Because again, Neyland Stadium is one of those games where it's, it's really tough to go into and win. But I do want to say that if Tennessee's offense isn't significantly better. Gonna be rough. I think again, like I said, Florida's probably gonna have a decent start to the year. It's gonna get rough after that. It's gonna get really rough after that, but decent start to the year. Then you have Kentucky in Gainesville. Kentucky's one of those teams where you can say they can go into the swamp and win because you know what Kentucky does really well. They play power football. And you know what Florida, for some reason, 
has not been able to stop in recent years the power run, whether it's counter, trap, whether it's long trap, whatever the hell you want to run. If it's a gap run, you're having fun against Florida. They won't have Ray Davis, but they have improved their weapons uh, offensively, and that could that could spell a little bit of an issue for Florida defensively. But again, that kind of power run style, you could win with that in Gainesville because the big a big advantage for Florida playing in the swamp is that you you screw up communication between the QB and his receivers and trying to get the word out, and you can force them into these really rough situations. If you can pound the football, you can eliminate that for the most part if you're Kentucky. And, well, Kentucky can pound the football. They're pretty damn good at that. We're about to talk about the final five games of the season, which are a pain, a pain. And and it's just probably not going to be a really fun time to be a Florida Gators fan around then. Before we talk about that, as the weather gets colder, NFL offers stay hot. On FanDuel right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. All you got to do is win that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so incredibly easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders. It, it's beautiful. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, four threes, four three-pointers made cashed in the first half yesterday it's been a pretty fun couple weeks i'm just saying that's all i'm gonna say it's been a pretty fun couple of weeks the knicks break my heart because they they suck and they suck to bet on but it's been a fun couple weeks visit fanduel.com slash locked on kick off the nfl season right and remember that fanduel is an official partner of the nfl Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Talk about these final five games. And that's where you also have to have a difficult conversation because if you're looking at Florida's final five games of 2023, they went not great. And yes, it was again ending the year with a very tough schedule. You had Georgia. You lost that one by three touchdowns. Arkansas is a game you should have absolutely won. You lost that in overtime. LSU on the road, expected to lose that one. Missouri on the road in a game where Max Brown had to finish it because Graham Mertz got hurt. You lost that one with eight seconds left. Uh, eight, I think it was eight seconds left that, uh, that Mevis kicked that field goal. Then you ended the year with a loss to Florida State in one of the ugliest football games we've seen. And that was a game where I get it. You had Max Brown, and they also had their backup quarterback. Florida failed to capitalize on multiple opportunities. Florida State game is a coaching loss because, they again, they failed to capitalize in multiple spots. And I don't think that the coaching staff put many of the players in position to succeed. Ended it on a five-game losing streak there. Looking at the 2024 schedule, you go out of the bye, Georgia, at Texas, host LSU, host Ole Miss, at Florida State. In those last five games, it's incredibly likely that you're going to play against both Trevor Etienne and Prince Liu Um 
let me tell you that's gonna that's gonna be a b-i-t-c-h um it's just gonna suck to see uh, it's as simple as that but those five games are gonna be difficult i mean georgia is georgia and was undefeated until they lost the sec championship texas well college football playoff texas lsu interested to see what they're going to do at qb i think that's going to be a big deciding factor because i mean you lost Jaden Daniel, you lost the heisman winner at quarterback ole miss i will never be bought in on, on lane kiffin but we can acknowledge he's a hell of a schemer it's about and he's putting together a hell of a transfer portal class where if he gets princely in that he's already added multiple players that are going to be high impact players immediately yeah Ole Miss could be looking pretty damn good, um, especially because they have Pete Golding as, as DC now. It's not a completely ignored defense anymore. And then Florida State. <laughs> Almost college football playoff Florida State, although, again, they're going to be a team that's going that's undergoing a ton of major roster turnover because all the seniors and upperclassmen they have that are leaving to the NFL or out of eligibility. Um, that are still good college players, just not NFL players. You lost, they're going to have a lot of turnover, but you're going to be again in Tallahassee for that one. Mm, it's, it's a tough one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you. Uh, it's a tough stretch, but I think that this is, again, you're ending the season running a freaking gauntlet. And that's where we have to have the conversation of it's possible you go one in. I, th I think when you look at those last five games, Florida is likely going somewhere between 0 and 5 or 2 and 3. If you go 0 and 5 again, that's back to back years going 0 and 5 to end the year. Eesh, that's a really hard sell, especially because we know that the, we know that the last five games of the season have impacted this team. Like when you look at the public perception, of it and i know people don't want to hear it because you, you, it's me spreading this yeah it's it's me writing the articles about his billy on the hot seat even though i publicly say he's not um yeah it's or wasn't at the time it's me i'm the problem it's me you got me it, it, it's all a narrative that i decided to randomly push for no reason good job um but no, realistically, you can go 0 and 5. You can go 2 and 3, especially if you look at how LSU re how LSU rebounds from not having Jaden Daniels, how Florida State rebounds from really all of their roster turnover. Again, there's quite a bit of uh, of stuff there that that can really impact how this team is perceived and. I mean, honestly, what your head coach is going to, what your head coaching situation is going to look like beyond that. Because, yeah, it's an absolute gauntlet. Maybe you build some good trust in the start of the season if you win games that you're supposed to win and win one that you're not supposed to win. Because I promise you, unless it all goes to hell, Florida is not going to be favored at Tennessee. It's just not going to happen. I mean, by that I mean, unless Florida, unless it all goes to hell for Tennessee. Florida's not going to be favored, but it's a gauntlet. It's a hell of a schedule. Could go pretty well. Like if you get bowl eligible on that schedule, Billy Napier's not getting fired. 
I know that people have talked. If you can win six games with what can be a really tough schedule, I don't think Billy Napier is getting fired, no matter how much you may dislike him. If you don't get bowl eligible and you're back to back years of not being bowl eligible, we have a difficult conversation. But if you can get bowl eligible, if you're Billy Napier, congratulations, dude. Like, like you bought yourself at least another year because it's going to be a really tough schedule. You can win it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a doozy, man. And here's the thing also. I like having a tough schedule. I just wish that everybody would have a tough schedule. And by that, I mean, I like booking Miami, Florida State, uh, UCF as your non-conference opponents. Which, by the way, if Florida can somehow win all three of those, oh my goodness, you're never going to stop hearing me talk about Florida being kings of the state. It's never going to stop. Um, but I, I like booking those tough schedules. I just wish that everybody played a tough schedule or a comparable schedule, or at least a schedule that looks like it might be tough. Because, of course, a lot of the out-of-conference stuff is, is booked, scheduled years in advance, and so you can't really definitively say that they're going to be good at the time. But at least if, if the thought process is there, because I, I just hate seeing... It's like, yeah, Georgia played... Was it like Kent State? Um, I mean, it was just like, why are you playing so many max schools? Get Power Five out of conference opponents in there, but they don't get penalized for that. Florida State kind of did, but they don't get penalized for that. Um, so I get it, you know, because your record matters, your resume matters, obviously, but your record matters more than anything else. And if you've got those 12 wins, 13 wins, a hard sell to not put you in right unless you lose your quarterback in, in the second to last game but for lockdown gators that that's that's all we got tonight thanks for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day every day i said tonight because it's very late and at night when i'm recording this but we will be back later on today again we're gonna shoot for like noonish one-ish eastern i'll i'll tweet it out when i get my schedule planned out Locked on Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole9 Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.